0: 11 o'clock, and I also knew I was going to be at the office until about 1 a.m. for high school football, so around 3.30, I decided to go to the gym, and I went and took a workout class, and I had showered afterwards, and I was getting ready to go back and do high school football, and I had a call from my co-host of the Still Not Married podcast, Chris Luther, who also works in the (laughs) news, and he was like frantic, and he, have you heard about James Wiseman? Like, what are you talking about? And Said, we're at a press conference that is apparently going to be about James Wiseman being ineligible. And I said, You're joking. I was like, You're this is a joke. I like, no, no, I, I'm this is this is very real. This is what this is apparently being. There was a, a just kind of like an anonymous press conference by this attorney, Leslie Ballin. And I, I now know Leslie Ballin is legendary, but at the time I did not know who that was. So the assumption was, you know, a high-profile case got all the news crews out there, but there had been no mention of what this press conference was going to be about. Well, I hop on, I check my email, I check Twitter. There was no mentions of James Wiseman. I legitimately thought Chris was punking me, and I was like, <laughs> Chris, I'm too busy today. I don't have time for this. This is a really busy day. I don't have time for this. And uh, sure enough, five minutes later, the press conference began, and we found out that Memphis attorney Leslie Ballen is representing. James Wiseman and said that the NCAA had ruled him ineligible and that they had determined the the spark notes, very quick, quick hit version of it is that the NCAA had determined Penny Hardaway gave James Wiseman's family uh, over $11,000 to move from Nashville to Memphis in 2017 for James to play at Memphis East high school. So that's one piece of it. The second piece of it is that Penny Hardaway donated over a million dollars to the university back in 2008 for what would end up being built as the penny hardaway hall of fame building so 2008 that's one incident 2017 that's another instance we are in 2019 the ncaa is considering that donation made penny hardaway a booster to the university of memphis and so when penny hardaway gave James Wiseman's family as a recruit even though Penny Hardaway was not coach at the University of Memphis there was no I mean at that time we were just wrapping up year one of Tubby Smith there still wasn't really any idea in this city or anywhere at least openly that we were on a path leading towards Penny Hardaway being the coach at the University of Memphis but in him being a booster and in James Wiseman being a recruit of any school that's an impermissible benefit and that is again the NCAA big bad rules. Uh, rules aren't fair rules aren't good I we could spend 800 years talking about all the ways that the NCAA is a mess and kind of a dumpster fire right now and needs some reform and everyone across the country is talking about that in various ways but in this case giving James Wiseman's family $11,500 is an impermissible benefit and it is against
1: the rules so
2: but rules, rules also not always enforced either. You're listening rules Correct. or this, rules are okay. that. They're also not always enforced. But yeah.
0: Exactly. And and that's the thing that, you know, if, if you're a Memphis fan or just involved in sports in general, it, it's obvious. It, it doesn't smell exactly right because if this was going on at another school, you have to question, would, the, would James Wiseman be playing? If James had gone to Kentucky or Duke, would, would James Wiseman be in the situation? And the answer is most likely no. Uh, Memphis is an easier target than a Duke or a Kentucky. It's it's low-hanging fruit on the NCAA totem pole. And now it's getting, you know, and, and also, since Penny Hardaway took over at the University of Memphis, there's been a, quote, target on the back of the Memphis program just because he does things so differently. And now he's doing things differently again, which could come down to hurt him and the program, in the end, but for right now, they're kind of throwing a, you know, throwing a finger to the middle, a finger to the middle, a middle finger <laughs> to the NCAA and yeah. saying, James Wiseman is going to play. And until you beat us in court of law, James Wiseman will continue to play. And so what ended up happening is a Shelby County court judge ordered a temporary restraining order. I believe the next court date, is november 18th but we were told that date could change and most likely will change um, so james plays last night against uic the thing is it, memphis beat uic by 50 points did they need james wiseman no but i guess it sets a precedent for what memphis wants to do with james and most importantly they play at oregon on tuesday so do you need james wiseman then yeah absolutely we're in a limbo now because they did it as a Friday news dump and nothing's going to get done over the weekend, most likely. So we'll find out on Monday, whatever the latest update is, but you know, the NCAA released a statement of their own last night during the time that the Memphis game was being played. And, they essentially said the University of Memphis was notified that James Watson is likely ineligible. The university chose to play him and ultimately is responsible for ensuring its student athletes are eligible to play, which I saw some people say, like, oh, the NCAA seems to be backing down. Uh, if you read that statement in like a godfather voice, yeah, this is war. Like the NCAA and Memphis are at war. And the first battle was just struck. And, and Memphis might have won a battle last night, but you're also going up against the NCAA. And I, I I applaud Leslie Ballin, and I have deep-dived into the things that he has done and accomplished. And I think, you know, if there's any character on Bluff City Law capable of going up against the NCAA, it'll certainly be an interesting fight. But when you boil it down, and, and we shared, actually, we shared get your producer, Gabe Kuhn's tweet, on our broadcast last night, and essentially it said, you know, regardless of of all of this like a rule was broken and somebody is going to pay for a rule being broken and I highly doubt the NCAA is going to back off and put their hands up and say oh you're right you're right I'm sorry we don't (laughs) we don't want to pursue this anymore like this is just the beginning of what is sure to be a very long process that will essentially affect the rest of the Memphis season and you know James can continue to play at this time but every game that he plays the risk that eventually if the NCAA comes back and, and officially officially rules him ineligible, those games will have to be forfeited and, and they won't count. And right. so you're you're betting your season and you're betting it on trying to, to get this to work with James Blasman, which I guess, you know, talking about it last night, why not? I mean, why not do this go this route and understand that you know Memphis's best bet at a very 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 special season is with James Wiseman on the court so yeah. throw all your chips in fight as much as you can and see where where it all falls at the, the end of this thing
2: the NC I mean the NC2A can come across as a bully sometimes especially the smaller schools it seems that they get picked on by the NC2A so uh, eventually Memphis said enough and they're standing up to the bully and it's going to be fascinating to see. Uh, if it will work or not, times have changed There's so many uh, different ways over the years. Is this the right situation? Is Penny Hardaway, being the celebrity he is, teaming up with the number one recruit in the country? Is this the right time to fight the NC two A and some of what is just abs- abs- they're just the, the 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 rules are just just not fair. Uh, a lot of them, definitely to the players. And like what James Wiseman, whether you want to say Penny paid money or whatever to the family, he had nothing to do with any of that. And eventually, was sold on Penny Hardaway. And do we know for sure a rule is broken? Gabe, you had your tweet on the on the news last night. I didn't even know this. You should have told me, uh, <laughs> Gabe. They didn't the, know how to
0: pronounce your name.
1: <laughs> I didn't even know my my tweet was on the news. So it was. I saw it. I popped oh, up and I was like, "Oh, okay." Well.
2: So tell <laughs> me it. tell me that we got Tigers fans they're they're listening they are upset uh you believe that a rule was broken um yes but in a very
1: roundabout way right it was something yeah. that happened before penny was even thought of as the Memphis basketball coach. It happened but when it, he was then, passed over. He was passed also, over as the it's, coach. It's basically 11 years ago is right. what they're basing his booster status on, right? If you take the booster status out of it, this isn't really anything. Um, right. But because 11 years ago he donated $1 million for the Penny Hardaway Hall of Fame, we are in the position we are now where the NCAA actually does have some type of technical leverage over it. Um, although... I think we're changing. I just think, like, in general, the way people view and the media views the NCAA is so different right now. So I, I'm just curious how this is going to work and itself we, out.
2: We know his donation was just for that Hall of Fame because that is unrelated to any basketball matter. And, 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 right? and
1: also, James, J, James Wiseman was seven years old at this time. It's right. Not so that's like his only, that's his only booster
2: direct... co- contribution was for that Hall of Fame that had nothing that's, really to do with anything that happened on a field.
1: Exactly. That's the one they're pointing to.
2: And, well,
0: and let's also, to go back to the, you know, the changing landscape of the NCAA too, I mean, the biggest, the biggest, all of this is, what does it benefit the NCAA to not have the
2: number one player
0: right. in the sport playing this season? That, that does nothing for anybody. And
2: it doesn't benefit, the, yeah, but it, 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 it does not benefit the, the institutions, the, the, the good old boys, the people who have been around forever, who are friends with, you know, whoever it is from the Blue Blood schools, it does not benefit the Blue Blood schools, which, you know, and the power conferences that control a lot of this. So I can see there. I mean, yes, but also no. Right. I It doesn't help them ratings wise. You don't have the number one player, but there'll be a new number one player. He's out. Who's So somebody else is going to be the best player in college basketball. Yes, not as exciting, not as uh, the number one pick in the NBA draft, but. I, I agree with you, Jessica. It does, that doesn't make sense, but it does make sense for some people behind the scenes. That we don't know their faces, but they're somehow connected to this uh, with money behind the scenes. I'm guessing that is who's benefiting from this.
0: Yes, and so, somebody somewhere has made Memphis a target in which they might not do with the Blue Bloods, but there's also this new, and and you just kind of mentioned it, this new NCAA like. Everybody against the NCAA. It's a, you know, these days it's popular to disagree with the NCAA set of archaic rules. And and this kind of like fight the NCAA on on just about everything. I mean, you have this morning on on the football side of things. Chase Young who's one of not the best player in college football right now is now expected for Ohio State is now expected to be suspended for games for accepting a loan from a family friend to fly his girlfriend to the Rose Bowl last year. Again, a ridiculous rule. And again, he's being suspended for four games, which is a ridiculous punishment when you look at what he did in context with some other things (laughs) that have happened in in the world of college sports. So you kind of have everything building to this point. And eventually, yes, there is going to be an instance that is the crumbling point for the NCAA. And could it be Penny Hardway and the University of Memphis and Leslie and taking right. them down? Uh, I mean, it's two or you can't just say that, but they're gonna try. They're gonna try to be the case. and, kudos and, and to get them. things different and, and it'll make things interesting at least. And in the meantime, it it keeps this it keeps this season. I hate to say, like it keeps this season interesting, but like without James Wiseman, if they if they have just laid down and said, okay, James Wiseman isn't going to play until we get this figured out, which would be the standard thing, honestly, that most programs would do. This is an to my knowledge, this is an unprecedented situation where a player has been ruled likely ineligible, right. and their school has decided to say, you know, we're gonna keep playing them, whatever. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no can do. Fine. Find some more proof and, and we'll get back to you then. We're going to keep playing it in the meantime. So, we don't know how that will be. I mean, we have seen the NCAA in the past maybe come down harder on programs that have fought back or showed any semblance of fight. You know, you look at what ended up happening with Ole Miss. My alma mater, USC, was hit kind of the hardest in terms of modern day football sanctions as well. So,
2: and those were all football related. And those were all football. There, there, have, there have been. I, there's a chance. i mean i I believe that there's a chance that this could be the right situation to fight the n c two a like there there are landmark cases and all types of different uh, disputes that have taken down things that were just status quos over the years and not necessarily with the n c two a but this this could. This could be it. Everything could be could be lining up. Like this is this is a good fight to try. The stars
0: here. the stars aligned for Penny Hardaway to become the head coach at Memphis. To aligned for James right. Wiseman to to be here and to bring in the number one recruiting class. Now could it be a case of, of Memphis being the culture changer and in the NCAA? I mean, hey, like a stranger things have happened in this world, and B, it's not so strange when you look at kind of Penny. Penny's overall mentality of fighting the establishment, right? Of fighting what college basketball has existed on for years and years and years. He's always been he's always been different. And now he's brought that difference into a head coaching position at a D1 basketball school. And he's been doing it his way. And we'll see if that can ride a wave into making some serious change and change the world.
2: Isn't that the slogan? Change of the, the city? world.
0: Honestly, I mean, if if they needed an excuse to keep Bluff City alive or Bluff City Law alive, now they have
2: it. I mean, Doctor Rudd must is- be a huge fan. <laughs> Doctor Rudd. This could and-
0: be a long-term storyline. They could do it parallel, par- parallelly, <laughs> in parallel with what's happening in actual Memphis. Yeah, They
2: could be the ongoing storyline that's in every episode, not this guy who like allegedly didn't murder the high school kid who's in every episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We could really we could really change the world in this one. And it would be interesting. But I just uh, for now, I mean, this is the thing is like if you looked at social media last night, I think the impressions were insane in terms of who was talking about. Penny Hardaway, the University of Memphis, and... It was number one, yeah, the
2: number one and two trends, I think, world, worldwide. You had yes. James Wiseman and the NCAA.
0: And almost all of that was, I don't want to say almost all of it, but a, a wide majority of it was people siding with Memphis. You know, Memphis is the quote-unquote good guy. So even if a rule was broken, an obscure rule was broken, um, Memphis is still being portrayed as as the person who people want to win. Most people want to win this this war, and that goes back to the NCAA being this very, like, kickable object right now that, that people want to be done with. And, and people have been asking for change and asking for change, and, and maybe this happens. And, you know, one more thing going back to all of this is, that, you know, there's no precedent for any of this. And when you look at the Penny Hardaway being labeled as a booster, you know, 99.9% of, quote, boosters, are not former alums who go on to be the coach of said university. So there's really, I mean, this hasn't ever happened. This isn't something that that has been, it's something that the NCAA has dealt with before. And we know the NCAA is kind of the king of making it up as they go, right? Like they will find new ways to identify right. rules and, and rewrite rules to work in their favor, but it's also not working as well anymore. And in this age of, social media and, and just constant scrutiny. There's a little bit more of like a check yourself NCAA mentality. So – like can you have a
2: life before – Yeah. Can you have a life before you're you're the coach – uh, right, like, exactly, there's a I mean, history a of, of family members world, being on time. teams. There's family members on this team. Like there's coaches with family members. They're of course giving benefits uh, to people. Uh, he gave Christmas gifts to his son, you know, like what the, what the hell? Like when, what? Yeah. Well, I do know, it's, I did ask my, yeah. so for people who don't know,
0: my, my dad worked in college athletics. That is true. Years, yeah. ten years, 20 plus years. So I talked to him last night and the thing with, with sons and, and, family members, is there is, I believe, a guardianship rule. So that's the blind side right the there? Yeah, yeah, Yes, exactly. So that is precisely why the Michael Orr situation worked the way that it did.
2: So if you officially and adopt somebody, correct, Sandra Bullock gets an Oscar. If you don't, <laughs> you get ineligible. <an>
0: <laughs> 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 Sandra Bullock is still congeniality.
2: Right. So that's... Uh, um,
0: <laughs> yeah. So, that's interesting. So Any other perspectives saying, from
2: your dad on this? What is he, what is yeah. he thinking? What is he saying? Well,
0: just the bottom, first of all, that and something we haven't touched on here is that the NCAA did rule him eligible earlier this year in May, and now they're coming back and saying so. There, there's some information somewhere that we right. still don't know. Timing,
2: timing line. is messed up the too. Timing,
0: yes, it's correct. like you, I mean, for him to play it's one, too late.
2: Game, you it's, can't it's, put the toothpaste back in the tube. <laughs> Once you say he's eligible, he's eligible. You missed the boat. On 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 that. Right. You can't when somebody is you can't have double jeopardy in, a, I mean, in the real world. Right. If we're talking Bluff City law, if we're talking about you go to trial. You, if you're if the jury says you're innocent, you can't go back and trial. person, try them again for something that you discovered later on. They there they can walk free. There's no there's no double jeopardy. But apparently there is here like we can tell you whenever like that's what happened with Derrick Rose. Like you cleared Derrick Rose to play here back in 08. And now, uh, oh, we don't have evidence necessarily that you guys did something wrong, but you might've did. So uh, he's ineligible at the end of the season after you already went to the, to the championship game. So it's, it's,
0: yeah. And so Memphis is like extra salty too. And right. Oh, absolutely. Jessica, like this place for, for people who are already, you know, have serious irks with
2: the NCAA. Absolutely. We've talked about, we've talked a lot. We've talked on this show about like who is Memphis's top rival? Is it Louisville? Is it Cincinnati? Is it UCF now? Is it, uh, is it UAB? Is it Tennessee? Well, I'll tell you who it is now after yesterday. Like, I, it's going to be the NC2A. It is Memphis versus the NC2A. Memphis versus everybody. Memphis versus the NC2A. Like, the, the top rival right now for the University of Memphis it is going to be the NC2A no matter how this comes down. Now, whether Memphis can win this, I don't know. There's not a, a, a Battle of the Bones trophy at the end, but we're, we're at the very beginning of something that's never really happened. And I don't know, uh, like you said, the, the idea that they're playing him is a very brazen move that, yes, you're risking losing unofficially losing all these victories at the end of the year, but it's high risk, high reward. You could end up changing the world at the end of the day. but You could. But hey, let's. Can you hold on for a second, Jess? We'll take a quick timeout. I want yeah, yeah. let's let's talk some positive stuff. Let's talk about last week. We were not here on the radio last week. we will take a quick timeout and come back. Talk a little little uh, about about last Saturday. Let's talk about some happy stuff uh, when we come back. You are listening oh, to, yeah. to Serena live here on Sports 56, 96.1 and 87.7 FM.
1: The Tigers, the Grizzlies, the SEC. We are real sports talk.
3: I love it. I love it.
1: Sports 56 and 877-FM. Now, back to Cerrito Live on Sports 56 and 877-FM.
2: Welcome back. Thanks for making us a part of your weekend. Jessica Benson rejoining me now. Uh, What a difference seven days can make. Uh, The news breaking last night, the mood of the city completely different on this Saturday morning than it was last Saturday morning. But I did want to take a moment to to talk about what went what went down uh, last week. It was game day Saturday. We ended up taking off two weeks ago. We kind of did our own preview talking about the idea of Memphis getting game day game day happened. Uh, a week ago, and oh my goodness, it was it, it was a blast in the city from the morning to the end of the football game uh, that night. It uh, looked awesome um, on television. It looked more fun and exciting than what is on game day at this very moment right now. <laughs> and uh, just one day, what were you doing this time last week, Jessica? It's 10.30 a.m. This time last week, I was re- uh no, I was still
0: out there. It was 8 to 11, so I was mm-hmm. out watching game day live and just taking in such an just such a wonderful experience for a day in memphis and it was so cool to watch this city that you know has become my home over the last three and a half years and to watch the country get a a small but appropriate taste of what it has to offer and i had you know people texting me oh my gosh memphis looks so good on on game day, all Memphis side need to come visit Memphis. Finally, and I'm like, yeah, I've been telling you this forever, but it was just, it was, it was such a cool thing to see. So many different things about this city highlighted in such a positive way, and and yes, like it was about a football game at the end of the day, and the football game ended up going well, but game day itself was just like a shrine to Memphis, and you know, it had the football element to it. It highlighted both the Tigers basketball team and the Grizzlies and the good things that are going on with them until, you know, yesterday, but moving on. And <laughs> it showed also just all the cool things about Memphis. It showed the food. It showed it had a little taste of Saint Jude, a taste of the Peabody, a taste of all the music and soul that exists in this city. And I just thought they did a really good job. But the broadcast did a really good job of incorporating all things Memphis. And then Memphis did a tremendous job of showing out because I'll be honest, I was a little I was a little nervous. I, I haven't been here long enough to have a, a blind trust, I guess, mm-hmm. in Memphis fans because I haven't really been here to experience the true fandom that this city has to offer just because I I wasn't here for the Grizzlies key playoff years. And I wasn't here for the Tigers champions or the final four seasons. And um, so I've I've definitely seen Memphis show out, but I didn't know how they would react to coming down to Beale street, figuring out parking Saturday morning, you know, a show that starts at eight that you probably need to be there and extra, extra, extra early, like five o'clock in the morning, early on a Saturday on the day of a night game, that is also going to require a large attendance at the Liberty Bowl to look good, and so we left our apartment. We live downtown, and we left probably around like right at 7:30, thinking that we would just be able to walk down and and join the game day thing and get to the the media entrance area. <laughs> we turned the corner on off of Second onto Beale, and it, it was insane. Like I was. You could. It was very, very difficult for us to get to that media entrance, and we almost missed the beginning of game day because it was so packed and people were so sandwiched in there. And we're not talking just a small area around the the stage. We're talking built, and you saw it with that amazing sky cam footage from ESPN. Right. It was built all the way back to the to the one end of Beale Street to the other end of Beale Street, and so that was just so impressive to me to see. Like, oh, this city gets it. And and they show up when it when it really really matters and and it really did matter on Saturday and then they showed up again for the game you know the like, nearly sixty thousand fans filling the Liberty Bowl and almost all of them wearing Tiger Blue except for a very small little like pizza pie corner of red for SMU uh, that night but it was the the largest attendance for an AAC conference game and and Memphis did that and they did that on primetime national TV. And so, you know, they they won the morning, they won the night, they won the game. And overall, Memphis, just as a whole, won the weekend because they, it looked so good. And, right. and they did everything right.
2: I, I was kind of dreading, the, I was dreading, I mean, I get up early every Saturday morning anyway, so that wasn't that big of a deal. I, w- I was worried about, like, where are you, you going to park, you, how cold is it going to be, and none, and none of that uh, really did I think about it at all once I got there and, and started in, enjoying the atmosphere that we had? Because what it looked like on TV, it really was like that there. It was just yes, an amazing— Yeah, that was my
0: biggest compliment yeah. to the experience was we, we were out there, and then we came back and re-watched the broadcast immediately because like, we were just so hyped up on it. And the broadcast—watching the broadcast felt like being there. And that's—I mean, when you can have that, like, symbiotic on TV versus in reality experience, like, that's perfect.
2: Right, I'm just wondering like people are like this morning across the country just assuming Bill Street looks like that right now. Which, yeah. Then know, and
0: me- then if you went to Bill Street the next day it was like, oh, I kind of missed when it was set up for game day and there was so much energy out here at 8 o'clock in the
2: morning. Bill Street ended up being, like, we missed, the, I, I didn't get to talk about the debate between Tiger Lane and Beale Street on this show. You asked me on the show two weeks ago, where will it be? I thought that was an this abs- absurd question. I was like, why are you asking me where it's going to be? <laughs> it's game day, and just in your mind, you think game day comes to uh, the a school they set up in front of the football stadium where people tailgate. So I was like, obviously, it's Tiger Lane. It's not like, if Tiger Lane wasn't there, if that was still... Uh, If we still had Liberty Land and uh, set up, then then maybe you'd debate uh, where you're going to put it. But Tiger Lane was there; it made total sense. And and of course, the debate happened ended up being at Beale Street, which ended up being an awesome spot. I mean, I enjoyed it It quick, and there had benefits that that I didn't even think about till I got down there, like the indoor sections where you could actually uh, warm up in the cold weather for a minute, right? And and uh, when you were buying your mimosa and, and all that, but. The debate, I I do think it's still absurd a little bit that there's some people out there and you know who you are that are acting like that Beale Street was the only place you could have done it. You could have done it at Tiger Lane. Uh, I don't think uh, it's it's kind of embarrassing to listen to people act like it was awesome at Beale Street. So, boom, it had to be at Beale Street. Uh, It could have been at Tiger Lane. It could have been awesome at Tiger Lane. You could go, Jessica, we could go right now, have lunch, get some barbecue a debate on where to have the barbecue, pick a place. The barbecue will be delicious,
1: but By it doesn't both. mean the
2: barbecue is also not delicious at another restaurant, right? Like it's, it, true. it's possible. It could be great at both. I do think the crowd could have even been crazier at Tiger lane when you have home tailgating advantage uh, of being able to walk to your tent and, and make your own food and all of that. So I, the idea that it had to be a Bill Street uh debate was it was funny it ended up being I mean Bill Street's a great place and I hope they have it at Bill Street again when when they come back because it does set Memphis apart uh it puts Memphis in that Times Square category which like anytime like oh put you in Times Square like the most uh famous uh yeah. entertainment district in the world when you're going to be in that conversation going forward uh yes it yes it made sense but I, I'm totally with the Tiger Lane people and understanding why that was confusing and getting talked down to by people. Like, it's got to be, it looks, Bill Street will look better on TV. If you're a fan, you do not care about if there's neon signs in the background. And I don't think that added that much. But anyway, Bill Street was awesome. I had a blast there. Jerry Lawler was the guest picker. That was also somewhat of a debate going into last week. Of course, you know, I'm very biased on this. The King joins me every Saturday. He should join me later on during the rest, during the the wrestling during wrestling time later on. This morning, he joins me every Saturday at 11.30 a.m. to talk wrestling on the radio. However, he was in the United Kingdom uh, pre-recording a Monday Night Raw yesterday, which goes to timing. We always talk about timing. We just talked about timing with James Wiseman and Penny Hardaway. Like, the King probably couldn't have been a game day if it was this week because he was doing his obligations to, to World Wrestling Entertainment yesterday uh, announcing Monday Night Raw. But the King... uh it, it was uh, the right choice. You still got to incorporate Penny Hardaway, John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, the basketball team, everybody uh, that you wanted to see be a part of it outside of Justin Timberlake. If you can't get Justin Timberlake, the king made the most sense. I'm just happy that the, the Memphis Sports Hall of Fame was not in charge of picking somebody uh, to be the guest picker because they probably just would have picked the track and field person over Jerry Lawler uh, like they did with their first inaugural class uh, in the Hall of Fame where they snubbed Jerry Lawler. Uh, out of it i'm still bitter about that i don't know if you can tell
0: no i couldn't tell whatsoever it's fine i've now become super bitter of justin timberlake not showing up to members (laughs) and i'm saying it on this show i've said it in the privacy of my own home oh no i'm saying it out loud i i'm i give up
2: are you burning any justin timberlake cds t-shirts posters i'm not
0: i'm not burning anything but i officially give up on wishing and hoping for Justin Timberlake to show up at a Memphis sporting event because I have I have been waiting for three and a half years, and there have been opportunities aplenty, and he has never followed through, and I'm incredibly disappointed with it, and so I give up. I don't want my intro changed because it's the greatest intro music <laughs> in Memphis sports radio, but I, I'm done. I, I am over it. Bye bye. I'm not going to track his whereabouts the weeks of right. Memphis sports anymore. And I don't want him to be the guest picker. I don't want him to be the surprise entertainment because he has disappointed <laughs> me one too many times. And that is that. The book is closed.
2: All right. Well he said. I mean, but if
0: he shows up, I'll still take a selfie. <laughs> well, I, well,
2: absolutely. He would have been. He would have been the perfect fit. And, and the king was the, the 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 second best choice. And that's uh, right right now, as we speak, Jerry Lawler has landed in Newark. <laughs> He uh, should be through customs in time to talk to us on the radio later on about his uh, game oh, day experience. But that's like the time, he would not have been able to do it uh, if it was today's game. And Memphis getting it like I can't emphasize enough. Like today, Minnesota has been begging for game day. They're playing Penn State, and they've been begging for game day. They do not have game day today. They're undefeated. They're play- they- They're in their perfect situation. This should be their game day. They don't have it because. Uh, I guess because they went two consecutive weeks at schools they've never been to before, and so that we we go back to the safe pick and do LSU Alabama. So, well, I,
0: you have to do LSU Alabama today. They just didn't have a choice. That, that's like, uh,
2: especially after guess. doing two consecutive weeks at, at, uh, yeah, at the non power You yeah, throw like that.
0: that. In yes,
2: but if you flip it around, it was Memphis SMU today, Penn State, Minnesota last week. The game day would would not be happening. It all, all had to line up perfectly. All right, Jessica, I gotta let you go. Uh, okay, we, we will talk good. to you next Saturday.
0: All right, talk to you then. Hopefully, Everybody, we have good updates. Oh, hopefully,
2: hopefully, hopefully. <laughs>
0: all right, all right. Bye.
2: Watch Jessica tonight. She'll be showing all of Gabe's tweets uh, on on the sports cast on on channel uh, twenty four and uh, channel thirty in those sports department. Local twenty four, local. Cool. It's not Local 30. It's just CW 30. It's Local 24. We're going to take a timeout when we come back. Jessica Benson and – not Jessica Benson. Oh, we have Holly Whitfield and Greg Akers are now here in studio. We're going to talk about uh, Bluff City Law. Uh, that's on the other side. You're listening to Cerrito Live here on Sports 56, 96, and 877-FM.
1: Where Memphis comes for real sports talk. Sports 56 and 877-FM. Now, back to Cerrito Live on Sports 56 and 877-FM.
2: Thanks uh, for making us a part of your weekend. We're going to talk more about the James Wiseman news of yesterday in in the way that only this show can uh, here momentarily. But i got to tell you, this portion of the show is brought to you by Media Outlet. It is a movie lover's paradise. They have over 25,000 different DVDs, movies, uh, TV season CDs, uh, Blu-rays, they got video games. They got all of it. It is the biggest movie store in Memphis with the biggest selection. They're right there on East Rains Road right off of Lamar Avenue, 4227 East Rains Road. You need to check them out. Uh, that is Media Outlet. If, you're, if your favorite show is leaving your favorite streaming service at the end of the year, uh, well, you might want to stock up on this. It only costs you a, a couple of bucks to own every episode. You don't have to pay ten dollars a month for some service because it's you can get every any TV sh- season you can think of of any show. They have it. The selection's amazing, and the box sets for each season only three dollars each. It's three dollars for a, a TV uh, season. It's three dollar video games. Three dollar Blu rays. All the DVDs there two dollars. Uh, audio books, $2, CDs, $1. That's at Media Alley. You can go to ExploreDVDs.com. They're open Monday through Saturday from 11 to 6, so you can get out there right now and uh, start your holiday shopping because it is that time of year. Now, it's been a couple weeks. Last week, we were off in observance of game day here. Uh, then two weeks ago, we were previewing Indy Memphis, and Greg and Holly had other stuff going on. So it's been been three weeks since we've been able to talk about Bluff City Law. We're three episodes behind, like probably so many other Memphians, but we have caught up. We have watched it. We're just going to talk about it now. And in studio uh, to do that, she is the I Love Memphis blogger. Her name is Holly Whitfield. Good morning, Holly.
4: Good morning.
2: And join me also in studio. He is the editor in chief of the Memphis Business Journal. Greg Akers is Green Acres is here. What's up, Greg? What is up? All right, Bluff City Law. Uh, we're going to in just a little bit. try to to uh, write an episode with James Wiseman. Uh, story as being the focal point. They've already had an NC two way story. Uh, was that this week's episode? I wa- I've kind of watched them all. It was uh, two weeks ago. two weeks ago's mm-hmm. episode. So we'll talk about that as we go through the episode. Will they bring that back? Uh, they rip stuff from the headlines constantly. I do want to make make, make an interesting observation uh, here as we get started because there's been around the clock coverage uh, about Memphis hosting Game Day last Saturday, which was an amazing amazing. It was awesome, awesome. for the city, mm-hmm. right? Like, Beale Street, Holly, you were out there. I was. uh, Sure, enjoying a mimosa or two on Saturday morning on Beale Street. You know, I was too
4: busy just taking it all in for once in my life. Did Um. you you (laughs) just
2: swing by Rum Boogie to see if Straight and Associates was there (laughs) hanging out at Rum Boogie Cafe?
4: I feel like they probably were in there somewhere. There were so many people. It was amazing.
2: Their spirit was there, if if anything. (laughs) but So, College Game Day was here, which Memphis— on, on, on national television on ESPN and it's more about the statement of what that means I think than anything else but when you look at the ratings you got to put some of this stuff in perspective Bluff city law is still averaging about two million more viewers a week than than college game day gets every week last Saturday's college game day here in Memphis on Bill Street had 1.0 uh, five eight million viewers. While this past Monday's Bluff City Law had three point three six million viewers. If you look at the numbers every week, it's really getting close to Bluff City Law about two million more viewers a week, which is fascinating because it's all you know it's on the it's on the the you know possible chopping block here on NBC's schedule. Like it, it could be one of the uh, the shows canceled before Christmas. Yet it's considered not that great of a success. Yet mm-hmm. the city celebrates twenty four seven that a show that gets two million. uh uh, less viewers every week. Uh, that's crazy. It it is interesting. Um,
3: the context is is right because game day people talk about like that was the single greatest day in the university's athletic history, right? And or football for sure. And 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 it was it was great, but but the way just the way an NBC like or uh, any kind of broadcast show is a success or failure like the last star wars movie made a billion dollars and they kind of think like like they canceled other movies because it didn't do very well right like, it's it's crazy how it's, what's a success and what's not right and that's fine for them but 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 we should internalize that as memphians like we should not we should think differently we shouldn't be kind of Driven by the ratings about what we think about the show and if it really expresses who we are or, you know, how, how we let it remain with us like we are going to do with game day. Uh, we should, you know, we should embrace it as we want to because it, you know, accurately depicts us or it makes us look like something we'd like to be or whatever it is uh, or not. But um, but I, I think that's I think that's a really great point. I hadn't seen anyone else do that.
2: It's a, it's, it's, it's a huge show in comparison. Holly, how can we get, uh, we need to get all 58,000 plus people that were in the Liberty (laughs) Bowl to go stream this on Hulu. And then maybe the, the, the show will not be canceled. Right. Right. That's not going to take that much. They should have did an add on the, like the jumbotron at the game or something.
4: I don't know. I mean, you can't really compete with college football for anything at all fandom like, but birth the numbers children, speak, weddings whatever it doesn't matter
2: the numbers speak for themselves so you say oh there's not like there's not a rule out there you you can't uh, have your wedding on a monday night during bluff city law all season <laughs> right there's right, not that right like people come.
4: being like yeah sorry i'm not coming to your wedding there's bluff city law on is on yeah. bluff
2: city law is on television but I you were think think at that, a wedding on saturday night when the the same right so i was right i had well you know they had a whatever. college football saturday uh wedding which you're not supposed to do in the south you make a choice but, listen, but stream it. If you were at the game last week, just stream Bluff City Law. You don't even have to watch it. Put it on mute. <laughs> Go to Hulu. Yeah, Watch I, every episode. I'm, stream it. It's good for the city. <laughs> Two million more people watch Bluff City Law every week and get to see Memphis uh, than College Game Day. It is important.
4: I think you should tweet that again, and I would like to retweet it Okay, again. I will try. Because, I mean, I think people's minds would be blown. I just don't think they get it. Because I also had people contact me that were like, what is game day?
2: Oh, they have no what clue. What sport for sure. is this? Mm-hmm. No, so there's
4: yeah. a. There are people out there.
2: Oh no, for sure. My my, my sister-in-law, they uh, was in town. She had no idea that it was a show. You we said we we're going to game day. She just assumed that's what we were calling tailgating for the game. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was a cool ball. Like I was down there, Holly, uh, on Beale Street. As you were, and you you saw that that big uh, like bus or whatever. The yeah. game day bus is yeah. on Beale Street. And you're like, that's cool. I never thought I'd ever see that. But then right behind it is a Bluff City Law billboard. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what? Memphis are we living in in yeah. twenty nineteen, like the a
4: cool one. A
2: cool one, exactly.
4: Yeah.
2: Uh, let's get into talking about some of these episodes. Let's go back two episodes. When the levy breaks. Mm-hmm. Uh which
4: I told you was gonna be literal.
2: You were you were I right about you. that. <laughs> featuring a character a character from uh or an actress from Stranger Things, so the little girl from Stranger Things. Yes. Uh did you have a favorite moment from a couple weeks ago? Uh do you remember that one? As so we're going further back to the October twenty first episode. Episode of, five. Of the, yeah. Episode 5, yes.
4: Um, Yes, I do remember it. I actually thought this was one of the weaker episodes for me. It really was. Um, I was super impressed with Episode 6. Episode 7 is good. Episode 5 was a little weaker for me. So I went straight for my favorite being kind of the blues musician is sad in a Bill Street bar. You know, there's a lot of noise about how blues musicians did not receive proper credit on their songs that were recorded by them or somebody else and all this and that. They kind of touch on it a little bit with uh, Della, favorite character, mm-hmm. helping out her old blues musician buddy try to get some of his royalties for his songs and kind of get his life together. That was my favorite moment. So I went full on Memphis nostalgia because the rest of it was was good, but it just didn't Didn't speak.
2: Greg, you have a favorite moment from episode five of *Bluff City Law*? Uh,
3: My favorite moments. uh, Since I'm not a lawyer, um, it all, (laughs) it all just, it doesn't seem very realistic. But my favorite moment it was when they let the little girl do the closing art part. Oh yes, (laughs) I was like, that's probably not allowed. I mean, maybe it is. I do not know, but I don't think it should be. She's a minor, right? It was. She wasn't. Yeah, that. that,
2: that, It's uh, just. Bonkers.
4: They're like, ah, she's from Stranger Things. Let her do it. <laughs> <That's right.
2: laughs> now, now this episode was the episode we y- y- y'all were not on a couple weeks ago, but but every week I'm also joined by Jerry the King Lawler, uh, the, and I talked about this episode briefly with the King during our segment that we call Bluff City Lawler, uh, because his his fiance was on this episode. Oh. Uh, she was one of the evil people on the other side of the, of the courtroom that you had caused the, the levy to break. Mm. But uh she was I don't know what company she was she was representing. So I thought this was maybe the most Memphis in like the uh t- you had the Bill Street storyline going on. Yes. And then you had like if you have Jerry Lawler's fiance, cameo and anything, like it was a very Memphis episode in like a different, more of a meta level mm-hmm. uh than than we have seen uh before. So that was probably my favorite episode of that episode of that one, which was episode five, When the Levy Breaks. Now episode six was the all-American. They've started Theming. The last two episodes uh, have uh American in the name. Yes. We're getting very patriotic <laughs> trying to get those America. USA USA. So the October 28th episode, the All-American, that's the one that, that, that I mentioned that had the NC2A uh storyline on it. you have a, a favorite moment from this one? I think my favorite moment, they they all go, they, she treats them to barbecue, right? And this one is the mm-hmm. one like, let's go eat some barbecue. Uh, rendezvous specifically. So yes. I like that it was. They were—we had had this problem early in the series where they were not using many brand names that are real uh, businesses outside of Rum Boogie Cafe on the show. So I was excited to see that. And, of course, uh, there was multiple of those in this episode.
4: That was great. Um, I just—I loved all the stuff at the Peabody. I mm-hmm. thought the Peabody looked great. I thought it had put its best foot forward. People around the world do know the Peabody. So making that connection—I mean, this episode was— bonkers like watching all the other episodes and there's like a couple different plot lines going on episode six had like five or six crazy plot lines in it and it was very fast paced is this not the one that has had the best rating so far and had a lot of people talking about how it was great we've got della's family drama we've got della getting her lgbt award and meeting her wife we've got euthanasia we've got Paying college athletes, <laughs> we've got Sydney having some kind of like divorce drama. All of that happened in one episode, right? Um, I like that about it, but I think Peabody, scenes, the Peabody scenes. Peabody, were my scenes, were cool. Peabody mm-hmm. scenes were cool.
2: Peabody scenes were cool in the rooftop, and I re- the thing I
3: really liked about that episode, especially with the the Peabody and the LGBT award, were if if you even just pa- painting the South in general, like it's a very progressive image of the South, like the fact that all that happened and there was like the family tension, but, but it wasn't like, you know, protests outside or anything. It it was just, it was just taken at face value. And I I just really appreciated the almost underplaying that just like, yeah, this is, it's the South, but you don't really know what the South might be like.
2: But there's also that there are people who, who are not okay with it. Right. But like, like her son. Sorry. Right, right. But
4: that was more about an interpersonal
2: thing, mm-hmm. necessarily. Right, the timing just, of when she came out was right. a bad time. And Not right, that she did we'll come out. See if we get a, a resolution on the, on that before uh, the show wraps up. We do know there's an episode airing on uh, Monday night on Veterans Day, but they're, uh that's as far as the Wikipedia page goes to announcing dates for 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 the show. We know IMDb
3: has uh, December second is the tenth episode.
2: So they they do have. They do have it continuing on, on, on these Monday nights coming up. So episode seven was this week's episode, uh, November 4th, American Epidemic uh, was the episode. This may be if, if episode uh, five was the most meta Memphis episode, here comes uh, episode seven. Not much Memphis at all in this one. Yeah. Do you have a, a, a favorite uh, moment as they go outside to to this, uh, looked like Carverville, Mm -hmm. Carverville and Harbor town. They
4: filmed it there, but in the show it was quote, a town a few hours East (laughs) called McRae. What
2: town is we think McRae is supposed to be? Maybe Jack small. What's something near Jackson?
4: One of the little places outside of Jackson, Tennessee, Carroll County. I don't know. I don't know what it's supposed to be. My favorite moment was a very specific line. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So this is about the opioid crisis Our favorite lawyer, Sydney Strait, is like drawing on a whiteboard. She draws this like smokestack pollution (laughs) warehouse. And she's like, See, the the pill mills are just like this polluted warehouse. And everyone's like, Your drawing sucks. It actually (laughs) looks like a Titanic or this or that. And Della goes, It looks like a jack in the box vaping, (laughs) which is just like, she says it so quietly Mm -hmm. and so quickly. And it makes no sense. It has nothing to do with anything else. It's just really funny. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Episode seven, you have a, that. You have a favorite moment, Greg? That was I. I've got to go back and rewatch that. I don't even remember hearing that part. Um, it was so
4: fast. Mm-hmm.
3: Like, <laughs> yeah, I did. I literally lol at that. Um, I think uh, I don't know if it was. Inten- I'm sure it wasn't intentional. But calling the town McRae and then filming it in Carville made me think: Is this a reference to Nikki McRae, who went to Carville High? Uh, you oh, know. know. Uh, multiple-time Olympic gold medalist, basketball player, WNBA star. So um, it made me wonder that it's spelled differently. Or uh, Augustus McRae, who's one of the characters in Lonesome Dove, is from Tennessee, you know, and it is spelled the same. That's just something that I know. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> it just, I, I'm from Carville so it was fun seeing Carville uh, kind of an alternate Carville and them hanging out in the in the square near the gazebo. Okay, but stuff. the
4: hotel there. Yeah,
3: <laughs> The hotel in, McRae I mean, Inn? McRae, yeah. The
4: McRae Inn would not have a hotel bar. No, you're there
3: right There is about
2: no that. way a hotel there would have a bar.
3: You're probably right, but there are some bars now. We're in, saying not even in Carville.
2: Carville like, aside, yeah, Carville aside, ta- ta- like this McRae the fictional town. yeah, the fictional Oh, town. yeah, okay, like, that's a good point. Yeah, if you're from from Hollywood, you may not realize that <laughs> it's a so many country. dry counties are still out there. <laughs> right, right. My favorite moment, uh, Jake, uh, Jake Riley, right? The uh, the guy from not from Memphis, mm-hmm. but apparently he's a two-time Bachelor of the Year. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, yes, this is like, it's yes. not a real thing. They don't have the Bachelor of the the year. Was it Memphis Magazine? No, it, it was, was a fake magazine. There was
3: another word after the word Memphis. It was like
2: something. But anyway, Memphis like yeah. next. He was yeah, on the yes. like that. on the cover of the magazine as Bachelor of the Year, which is. <laughs> Uh, not a thing. Greg, you used to work for Contemporary Media. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, they could not get the rights to the hotties issue from the Memphis Flyer. Like, they shouldn't the real story have been like he was a two-time Memphis hottie in the hotties issue for the Flyer?
3: That wouldn't be that realistic been... either because you don't do two-time. Like, you, there's That's plenty how of hottie people. is. You
2: can you only just be get... hot for so long. He's time. so hot that he was a two-time hottie.
3: If you're a two-time bachelor uh that that's kind of pathetic
2: like, <laughs> i
3: think you can be that once and then it's I don't know. Kind we'll look of up, offensive. We'll look
2: up jfk jr see how many <laughs> times he was that Six, in the 90s all right real quick uh if, if we're, we're pitching up so this could this could end up saving bluff city law they rip everything from the headlines james wiseman uh the university of memphis now suing the nc2a this seems like a perfect uh story for straight and associates to to take on what would happen i'm worried if we do this that it would be the first episode they'd have to go to Nashville for because uh, of his moving from from that part of the state. Uh, what, what what do you think could happen in this episode? Any ideas? I, I think Greg brings um, the ideas. This is our mini think tank. Yeah.
3: I love uh, – I think you have to have a Leslie Ballin character. that oh He's gosh, so different yes. from Elijah. But you have to have – Elijah's going to represent, like, the coach or, you know, some other uh, maybe uh, – I don't know. He's he's rep- that He has to work with this other attorney who's – they they play by different rules and they have, but they want the same goal and everything. That would be really fun to see.
2: I, I I've been watching. Like, is it is Les, a Leslie Ballen character or a Corey B. Trotz character? Which one is is more it's gonna be uh, missed on gonna the change. show? I'm just saying. Like, should be on the show at some point. There's not somebody who represents either one of them. Yes, they, like they need the fo- the, the the I mean, Cory B. Trotz ambulance chaser just the yeah. attorney famous. needs to have a cameo somehow. Yeah. All right. We but we got to get any ideas, Holly.
4: Well, they're going to have to pull in the sympathy. It's going to have to be some, like, heart string reason why the Wiseman family needed help. That's,
2: That's right. what we need to find. Just to, doing the yeah. right thing. And who's...
4: I don't know anything about James Wiseman's family, so I didn't want to speculate, but it has to be something.
3: What's right and what's wrong, what's legal and illegal, they're not always the same thing. You just try to get them a little closer to each other.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, thanks so much for coming to see us. So much fun. We've got a couple episodes left, so let's keep this going. Greg Akers, Holly Whitfield uh, in studio talking about Bluff City Law. When we come back, we're going to talk wrestling on the radio here on Sports 56 961 8877 FM.